The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to the Formula Sports Talk. We are live. It is a Tuesday morning. I was just gonna let it play because I requested it two weeks ago, but we couldn't get, we couldn't get it last week. It was it was a tragedy. You want to get your whole listening power uh, in on that one? It was it, Alex and I was in here. It was uh, I had to sit in Alex out the room so I can rant and rave. Really? That's why they put no, the pants up. No, rant and rave. Welcome to the Formula Sports Talk. We got Alex Clancy, Deborah Debris. We got Cindy Liska back in the studio with us. She was uh, you were doing some uh. Uh, what was it? Baseball stuff. Spring training. Spring training is what they call it. Okay. Yeah, baseball, and, and they they play about 180 games, including spring training. I know Deborah wasn't with us for the past two weeks, but you were in I was Dallas, in Dallas and, and Houston. Houston. How did that go? Uh, Dallas was interesting. Uh, got out of there about a day and a half right before the tornadoes hit. So luckily, my friends were all good and healthy and all that after the mess. Tornadoes? See, I didn't Houston. even know about that. Oh, there was 13 of them that touched down. So, so I only follow uh, politics and sports. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Human safety, I don't care about it at all. Well, you should have followed me. That's so why that's I moved to, see, I didn't know. I, well, yeah, sports. My, my, health, my health and my safety was up in the air, so you and got you didn't of, even know it. You got out of Dallas safe. I got out of Dallas Obviously. and got to Houston, and Houston was good. Yeah, I made Houston. some good connections. Yeah. You tell me the land where the Cowboys play wasn't good? I'm telling you, I think the Cowboys uh, had left the city. The Cowboys have left the building. Left the that building. Must, they must have been yeah. following Tony Romo that in the was, fourth quarter. That was it. Yeah, yeah. They were they were down and out. So. Oh, well, that's good. At least yeah. half of the trip turned out pretty good, which yeah. is, it balanced everything out. Yeah, absolutely. I made some good connections, and that we'll see how it goes. But, uh, yeah, it was a good trip. Oh, that's good. Spring training. So that was good for you. What was that, four weeks? It was, it felt like four months. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when you were working the whole time, and I can imagine what you was doing, I can imagine that you were always on the go. And it's spring training, and that's an everyday thing. And I was at Salt River Field, so we had the Diamondbacks and the Rockies, so we had 34 games in 33 days. Wow. 34 games, no way. No, no, no. <laughs> 34 games in 33 days, huh? Alex, what's going on with you? You got a new job, uh, somewhat of a new job, yeah. somewhat of a pickup job. Pickup job for Yeah, now. you want to just pick up chick job. You know what? <clears throat> it's up for interpretation. Uh, but no, I'm doing <laughs> so I'm right. I'm somewhat right. Uh, no. I'm, you know, I'm usually ninety six percent right. I'm gonna play the fifth. Okay, you play the fifth. You sound like the. That's the first time I've ever done that. That's the first time I've ever done. Play that. the fifth on a sports show. Yeah. <laughs> Just say allegedly. When it's sports, allegedly, allegedly, that could be allegedly what it is. right. Yes. That could be. Yes. Yeah. That's what it is. Well, we're going to stop by and see what we can get for free. Uh, and if you listen over there, then by free, I mean we're going to leave a tip. And then we'll see what kind of job he has next week. Yeah, <laughs> we get it for free. <laughs> yeah, you're going to be stuck with me. You're going to have to get me a job. <laughs> hey, if you just do the right job, do your research. Come on, show. Let's have a good time. You, all, you can hang Always. out with me. Always? Yeah. <clears throat> okay, look. Don't forget to go by the bread connection. I don't know if you guys been oh, yet. Oh, that's right. On, over, on the uh, Chandler and Alma School. <laughs> Chandler and Alma School, check out uh, Good Becky. Segue. <clears throat> huh? I just, Good I just, segue. 
Yeah, uh, bread connections are always a great segue. That food is good. It's actually pretty good sandwiches. Right. You know, let her know I sent you, and if you don't get it free, I'll pay for it in your next one. How does that sound? You'll Any, probably get it free. Anything that has bread in it, I'm there. Yeah, I see. I'm trying to do. I'm trying to get my abs back and get get back sexy. So I got to cut out the sugar and the bread. <coughs> you have a you have a throw bag? A what? Throw bag? A throw bag like the plane? What yeah. you gonna do? Put your head in it? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, seriously. Oh my goodness, we need a mute. We got we a whole another. We got a whole another show going on here. because uh, nah, I want to get into <laughs> some. Uh, There's a lot of stuff sport wise. We got to get into. Man. I know uh, Alex has something in the uh, Clancy mm-hmm. corner. Mm-hmm. Deb, you always have something with down and dirty. Yeah. Uh, we talk a little spring training. I don't know if Cindy can add something to that because you was working most of the time. You couldn't enjoy the game. There were games. But yeah. you, <laughs> enjoy, you couldn't enjoy the games. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I think spring training go too long. Really, it's baseball. Mm-hmm. You got a long season ahead of you, and then you got four or five weeks of spring mm-hmm. training. All you need to do is work out the pitchers who reports early anyway, pitchers and catchers. All you need to find those guys because when you when you can take a Albert Pujols from St. Louis to California, he's playing first base. There's not a whole lot of plays you need to run for first base. There's some squeeze and pinch plays, but this guy been playing for what eight years, nine mm-hmm. years. He can figure that out. It's just the terminology. Bases are in the same place. Bases are in the that. same <laughs> place. Just like when free agency in football, you go to a team. Most guys when they go free agency to another team. They go to a team with the terminology and the defense are similar, so they yeah. can pick up the pace real fast and, right. and play ball. It's not like a uh, Peyton Manning who's going to the uh, from Indianapolis to Denver. Well, that that offense would probably look like the Indianapolis offense. Guarantee you that. Yeah, he's going to have some plays he wants run. Oh yeah, definitely. And then mm-hmm. he he bought his ta- his uh, tight end in. What's a yeah. uh, Tammy? T A M M E. Yeah, he Jacob. bought his. Yeah. And now Ozzie Gilliam. I don't, I don't know if you guys. Uh, <laughs> this guy is an idiot. Allegedly, this is where I heard about him. Yeah. <laughs> All over the no, news, no. every channel. I'll, I'll, confer, I'll confirm it. You confirm he's Yeah, an he's an idiot. He raised his hand and said, I'm an idiot. Yeah. yeah. But you know, you know, um, he's been this way all the time. Why does the guy feel like he has to, there's nothing changed. Now he's just trying to cover up everything with a press conference. And uh, we were talking off the air briefly because I wanted to say most of Alex and I, because I wanted to say most of it for the show and keep it fresh. But for him to say what he said and then try to cover up, it's like, me slapping all y'all in the face. And before y'all hit me back, I say, I apologize. I'm sorry. Yeah, really. Sorry already, about that. Yeah, yeah, I already got it my... It was a reflex. Exactly. Yeah. It's just it's just the choice of words he used in, in the wrong situation. Mm-hmm. Fidel Castro, he's yeah. impressed with this guy. Yeah. A guy who's uh, ruined so many lives and of his own people and stayed in power that long. Right. And, and you wonder why other entities get involved with uh, taking him out of power. It, it, not just to make... I, I have a problem when other countries intervene with other countries because now you want them to look like the United States. Now you want them to have a democracy. The United States is not a democracy. It just looks like that. But you want them to... <laughs> we have to have a name for it. <laughs> you have to have a name for it. You want them to look like your your country or, or, or make these people think and do what you have already done and think that's the best way to do it mm-hmm. when you got all, your own uh, problems in your country. But Fidel Castro, what he's done in his country and, and what Ozzie Gilliam said about him, mm-hmm. uh, that he was impressed or he... That this guy, and now he's changing the words up. Actually, he's changing the words. That this guy has so much power to affect what he's done. He's trying to backstep, and he said he was misunderstood and all that. And yeah, it's just a major mess down there. And it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out because right. he's in a community of people that are not going to be favorable favorable of his a decision. I mean, no it, matter what he says, they want this guy fired, not not suspended five games. And baseball is 180 plus games, 160 plus games, yeah. and then they're gonna have a one game wild card playoff at the end of the year. Makes no sense, but it's all financial. 
He's only been suspended five games. That's right. just a week of baseball. Oh yeah, that's a barrel. That's, that's not seven even a slap days on a of hand. baseball. That's yeah. like a slap on a finger. You know, uh, okay. when that many games involved, that's just a uh, seven days of baseball. Yeah. Uh, he has one thing going for him and a bunch of things not. The one thing that is going for him was that it was printed and that it wasn't actually an audio, uh, audio clip of him saying this. So you don't know if he was saying it in jest or whatnot. I'm not saying I agree with it. No, I because don't. you make but, a point. But, printed, printed, but printed stuff, no, you can change up. And it's, it, I believe it was Time Magazine, right? So uh, it was either time, I believe. So here's the thing. The other thing else was that in 2008, he said the same thing. Exactly. So he, so this behavior. is two. So this should be strike two for him. When in fact, when in fact, if he if he shouldn't be fired, strike three. Because as a, as a as a head coach or a manager, you already at strike one. So the strike two. I think was the I first think time. this is I think this was the only time the only time window where he could say this was because he just got hired. If he was hired last year and said this, it would be completely different. I think that because of how he said it uh, uh, when he said it which was what he's been the manager for like 15 minutes over there so it's difficult for them to be like oh sorry you're out because we wanted to bring you in we wanted to bring in a Latin American uh, manager you know Spanish speaking which is a, I have a whole other problem with that he's Venezuelan he's not Cuban <laughs> but like, that, that is some, that is a common misconception with people uh, that just because they speak Spanish, they're from the same place. He's Venezuelan. If he was Cuban, I don't think he'd be saying this about Fidel Castro because he'd have a completely different outlook because he would have grown up there As under his regime. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's like, and then Albert Pujols going to L.A., oh, he's Dominican, so he's going uh, to relate to the uh, Mexican culture down in, in, in Los Angeles. It doesn't make any sense. It, it, it doesn't because if you don't know their nationalities, you can, oh, because everybody can make speak Spanish. Yeah. yeah. Everyone, everyone can speak Spanish, but you want to go where there was a, a population, not, I think Ozzy went down there only because he can speak Spanish, not because he's Cuban. Right. Because you're right, he would have grew up in a dictatorship of Fidel Castro. Because you can speak the language, and then that's, it's Miami on top of that, and he so-called lives in Miami. And I say so-called because I don't know. I mean, the guy lives in Miami on off-season, coming, coming from Chicago, I, think, I believe it was. But you want to go down there, and the same thing I mentioned earlier. When you leave your free agency, you go into somewhere you feel comfortable. I guess he feels comfortable down there. But to make those statements and it being his second time doing so, I think the suspension is more so I can understand why they want this guy fired. Well, I mean, well, they, oh, ahead, they knew he was volatile already and he was going into a volatile situation. So point. where was the sensitivity training <laughs> right. before they ever put him out to speak to anybody? Because you talk place. about the players needing all this stuff. You build your, you build right. your body and all that stuff. And you still got to take these classes mm -hmm. for your mind. Well, Coaches need to do it also. Yeah, that's the thing. The players, they brand them. They teach them what to say, when to say, how to say it, and then what's up with this guy. And, and, mm -hmm. and, and when I say coaches, we're talking about Ozzy right now, but with the Petrino down in Arkansas, mm -hmm. th this guy, you know, you know what? Here, here's what's going to happen mm -hmm. between both those coaches. They win. I, I like the volatile attitude that Ozzy has. But only, but not to cross over and ruin a whole community. Well, the thing, it's good to be outspoken and to say what you think, right. but it's not good to hurt other people doing Absolutely. it. Well, Absolutely. I mean, and he's got, I, I need to take that advice too, but go ahead. He's got, <laughs> from, I need to talk to you about that. From now on, from now on, there's nothing that Ozzy can do wrong. Cause he did yeah, the he absolute, with this. he did the absolute, he said, I love Hitler in, in Hitler's, uh, in Hitler's backyard. Yeah. Like that's what he did. And if there's nothing, if they win four games this year, it'll be better than what he did before the season pretty much started. Yeah, and 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 so he's going to look like a genius no matter what. This is this could turn out and in a sick twisted way to be the best thing that he did because they sucked last year. The um and they're in a new city and they have Jose Reyes, Hanley Ramirez, you know, they spent a whole bunch of money in the offseason. And that's what this it is. could be a genius move 
if if they he make is. the playoffs, then he'll be the the most loved person in, in Florida. But it's the same thing I was saying. They they put a lot of money into money and marketing money into this this organization, changing the logos, changing the uniform, mm-hmm. that sexy new stadium, and, and bring in a stadium, in a stadium, right. yeah. and bringing in these guys, Jose Reyes from uh, the Mets, which yeah. was a bad move on the Mets, but that's another story. Bringing in all these guys to win now. Winning's gonna cure everything, and I say that because that idiotic comment he made and what Joe Petrino did in Arkansas. Mm. I listened to the commentators uh, commentating and the, the response to what these guys did, and this is what I heard. Well, he's a good coach. That's right. It shouldn't be personal what he does for the football team. They went eleven and two. Mm-hmm. Eleven and two in college is outstanding. Mm-hmm. But what he did in his personal life, they are trying to separate that so it's justified what he did and having a uh, intern. I mean, she might have just got hired, twenty-five year old intern on his bicycle. Who's and the he, fiance? That's yeah, his fiance. Yeah. Who has a fiance? Yeah, he's married and she's engaged. She has, and and she's engaged. So that's yeah. why there's a huge problem. That's why he's he might get fired. That's he, why. He's not going to get fired. He's not, he's not going to get fired. Not with that kind of record, he's not going to get, gonna fired. get fired. And, and I, not that we don't agree. I'm just saying, 11-2 and two in college, this is what they – there were some fans down there that was distraught about it. I heard one guy, you know, Arkansas, he's country talking stuff. Um, but he was <laughs> – he was no, dist- who has a prejudice? <laughs> he was distraught. I, people say I talk country. I, they, I've been well, in I Arizona. Talk Chicago, so. I talk Chicago. I talk Virginia, south of yes, eastern. Yeah, <laughs> I can say I can cuss in Virginia too. I, well, I, well, I, wash, I wash my car every week. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you get a net on the windshield. That's why I wash it. <laughs> but this guy's eleven and two. Petrino's eleven and two, and he's trying to separate what he did off the field to what he's doing on the field. Yeah. I don't make. I don't say it's right. Well, I mean, and look, look at Rick Pitino when it happened with the woman in the in the restaurant. It's like you know, I apologize. You're not going to get suspended for something personal like this, especially when it's not during the season. Damn. So I, I don't think that. I, I think he'll get a slap on the wrist saying a slap you know, on the wrist, bad coach, and then just having. When you're the head coach. coach or the manager or something, I think you already at one strike. So when you do it, I think that should be your two strike. And we were talking about Ozzy earlier. He did this in '98. You said about Hitler. You already too straight because everyone is right. looking at you as the as the leader. So you can't do this. I can understand as those. As well, and we're talking about the individuals right now. The question is, what happens? What's the fallout of this with the players? You know, and with all the other coaches he around him and everything else. On his team too. Well, yeah, it's how are they going to want to respond to him the next time he walks into the locker room? None of his players like him. Nobody he's, likes He's him. a good coach mm-hmm. and he's loud and he'll deflect all the problems with the team is having onto himself. Right. So everything everything's he deflected. Did that in Chicago. So, and they, he well, did that and in Chicago. The thing about Chicago, why the uh, why the Castro thing in two thousand eight uh, didn't come up was because Jerry Reinsdorf is one of his close friends, one of the owners of the Bulls. So he he is untouchable in Chicago. So if you stick with Jerry Reinsdorf, you're going to be fine because he brought Jordan in. So all right, on that note, we'll take a break. We'll come back. It's Kwamala Sports Talk. We got everybody in the studio today. That's good stuff. Uh, we'll be back in the near future. That could be uh, thirty minutes, thirty seconds. Who knows? Flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. 
Tune in to a show about making a comeback and what really goes on behind the scenes with your favorite athletes and beyond. Listen for The Comeback Radio Show with Tony Farmer. A lot of people believe what they read on the Internet, hear and see in the media, and on the news. We're going to give our guests the chance to tell the real story without the extra hype. It's not just sports, although that will be a focal point of the program. We'll also look at the world of celebrities, music, modeling, and more. Listen every Thursday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, on Voice America Sports. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia College sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Welcome back to the Quantum Life Sports Talk. We were talking... We were talking a lot of stuff. Ozzy Gillum was one of the subject, main subjects, but it was it led it led into uh, these coaches and leadership. And Dad, Dad, I was going to tell you, you know, you need to hold a seminar for coaches as well. You need to you, you need to get in, you need to get into not only the MLB but the uh, NFL. Mm-hmm. You got to go to the top. And I, I had a presidential meeting, uh, chapter president meeting. Um, Yesterday from seven to nine, it was interesting. I missed my a, invitation. It was a, it was a phone call, conference call. It was a. I have a phone. It was a, it was interesting. It was uh, well, we were talking about uh, advocacy and all this stuff, yeah. and the, the agenda we had was um, the direction. And I was, you know, I mentioned all the bad press that was going on. Which direction are we going? Right. Where's the money? Who holds the money? Why I can't find out how much I got in my. Um, Piggy bank to use exactly. Yeah, for your from people. the Arizona. Right. And I got to raise this money. So. I should have get some answers today. When I go home, I'm going to do that. Um, stay on top of it. Mm-hmm. But you know, these coaches as well. You talk about Petrino, Patino. You talk about Ozzie Gillum, who's right. who's he's he is just that guy. This is not the last we're gonna hear about. As long as he's coaching, we're gonna hear some more stuff about what this guy's doing. And a lot of coaches do it. Now we've I don't know if we've grown accustomed to the players doing it because. Most players are like we were talking off the air. They're late for everything. They're mm-hmm. supposed to be too on time. Most of them idiotic because um, they make decisions. They don't that somebody else is making for them. Or they do things that somebody else is making decisions for them. They don't even get right. to look they, into I don't, it. Yeah, they are. I'm not I'm not quite sure if they don't quite understand what it's like to be a business person who has meetings and times and revenue is dependent on making times. And there's other people depending on you being on time. Right. So if they're late, it throws everything else off. And I don't think they get it. Um, and I don't know that they care, and it's not that they're uncaring. They don't care because they don't understand, because they've never really been in that situation okay, as uh, yet. I don't think that a lot of major league uh, managers are like Ozzie Ginn. I, I think they are. They just don't. They're not outspoken as him. I, I think a well, manager, that's what makes Ozzie Ginn Ozzie Ginn. Right, exactly. And that's why when you talk about a player being cocky and have an attitude, you all of a sudden don't like him. But it takes that for him to well, be that Well, because there's more of those than there are managers. Well, it takes it. You, if you're not arrogant. Because they're making hundreds of millions of dollars. Oh, boy. That has nothing there to do with it. Are you serious? No. How much you, you are out of your mind how much that you has think nothing to do with it. You, okay, let me, let me. Let me try to understand what you're saying because Please. I maybe maybe I don't know because I know we got Clancy Corner coming up and yeah. and we got some golf talk. But you telling me you gave me two million dollars, I'm gonna change. Maybe my phone number. I'm not gonna change the people. 
You telling me if you okay. gave me two okay. million dollars right now today, that's going to change me from what I'm about to go do afterwards? Okay, I'm saying that let, let's take the money aside for it. Okay, no, 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 no you no, brought no, the money no, into I know, it. I know, I know. And I'm going to take it out it. now. Okay, no, you not taking so, it out to just so my point. Players, players are paid to perform. Correct. Players are paid to perform in any sport. Okay, managers are paid to manage the players to perform. And they're not getting so, millions of dollars. Which their performance is managing. The well, their performance is 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 second is second hand and not first hand. And they're not getting millions of dollars. Okay, my point is that they have a lot less clout because they don't have any real first hand control over the situation. The players have the control. Okay, when it really comes down to it, the players, the, okay, the players drive coaches out of town all the time. You, so the coaches don't only have control when they're winning. Ozzie Gian has control all the time. You you know where the nucleus of the team is at all times. It's not with a star player. It's with Ozzie Gian, the manager. That's what I'm saying. That's why he's different. He's different. If you, it's the same thing with the players. He's not different. He's just outspoken. We don't hear a lot of these other managers uh, speaking up and talking. They just choose not to be that guy. But they they go. I mean, you hear some stuff, and when it slip out, you're like, wow, this guy was like this. God, you just don't want all of a sudden be that guy. You well, and control doesn't come from being outspoken or slamming your fist on a desk. There's a lot of really good coaches who are not very outspoken, but they are leaders, and players want to follow them. And when we don't like a certain player, and I, I, I can be, you know, I can be the biggest jerk in the world. But it took me to be that superstar athlete to be as big to be that jerk. I wasn't just all of a sudden got to lead and say. Forget all this. Forget that I'm gonna treat this person that way. I was already that person. It made me who I am. And and by that, it blocked off. It blocked off. It gave me a tunnel vision where I'm not gonna do this nonsense stuff. Or and by jerk, I mean I'm not gonna take this interview and something like that. Not not anything drastic to another person or player. It's just that I'm not doing an interview today no. because I'm focused right here on like a golfer, if you will. Just I'm focused on this. Like the like the. I did. I saw a story on the uh, Linquist, the, the goalie for the New York Rangers. Mm. They know not to talk to him in the locker room on game day. Yeah. Don't say a word to him. Now he could be a jerk for that because as a player, I want to know what you're thinking. All I know is he's one of the best goalies but in the league. His, that's his routine. Yeah, that's his routine. That's routine. So honor so, his routine, just like you'd want him to honor yours. Let me. Do go, I, I'm okay. gonna go back to the money issue for a minute. I do agree with you that money can enter enter into it because sometimes when guys get contracts, no matter what league they're playing in or what sport they're playing, it changes the level of expectations that are on them, and that pressure can change who they are. And yes, it can change their personality um, to a degree. But it doesn't mean that it has to. Well, it could change their drive also because they've already made two hundred million dollars. No, have you got a pat? Well, look at Aaron. Look at Aaron. Since he got that two hundred fifty mil, what is he with the Rangers? What has he really done? Two hundred and fifty. He had two deals like that. Right, and one was one was more than two fifty. I think it was almost three hundred. So two fifty. Since he came to the Yankees, he's been hurt. After after the steroid thing came out. Because he was yes, on steroids, sir. and you can't perform off steroids if you've been on steroids. It's it's close to impossible. You see these guys putting up these great numbers, and they and they are on some juice, which I I have a big problem with. I think if you're the best in the world, what you do, you don't need steroids. You got there without steroids. I will no, ho- I will well, hope not I'll- in baseball. You don't obviously. <laughs> Name one in the past 15 years that's got there without steroids. Besides Albert Pujols. Uh, you know what? Well, I really hope, I really hope he, I really because hope he you, doesn't. Because you like Albert Pujols and you say besides Albert Pujols, which is crazy to me because I don't know. I, I think these guys coming out of college or I, I can speak on my era when I came out. 
I know, but it's a I different know about, sport. I didn't know guys was using steroids. I, and if you they were, you don't have four tiers to get through to get to the majors. I feel like if you can lift your body weight, if you can run a certain speed, you got to be. It takes more than your athletic ability to get you to the next level. You have to be some type of intelligent or smart in what you're doing. You're just not going to play major league baseball or national league football because you can run fast. You're not uh, just going to do it. It's going to get you looked at, but eventually it's going to get you out the door because you can't think. Unfortunately, more times than not, hitting a 450-foot home run is going to get you looked at more than how you run the bases. And that's why people use steroids well, that's to get why to they the have, next level. Well, that's how they, that's and why I, they have I don't the agree with it. I'm just saying Well, if you use steroids and you're getting caught, then that's, you're going to get what you deserve. Now, I don't, I don't say – I said – I don't think everybody. Should, I don't think you should use steroids because you're already the best in the world. Now you got a level playing field. Pitchers had that problem with hitters. Pitchers don't use steroids, or not that I know of, don't use steroids, and now they throwing balls to guys who's using steroids. Roger Clemens did. Is that what he told you? Uh, that's what he told the uh, Congressional Congress. <laughs> is he still on trial? That, that, is he still that, on trial? That case is still no, out. he's probably going to jail. That so he, he's going to be. I don't know where he's he is in the next fifteen jail. years. He's not going to jail. This this story. Barry Bonds can can share a cell with you know a seventy inch flat screen. They're not going because you, the longer you hold a story out, the more people forget about it, and it's not it's not a big it issue anymore. Yeah, that's why yeah. there are depositions for everything. So now there's no way he's going to he's going to get. Anyways, depositions are depositions. Yeah, let's get in the class. Okay, can we get to one? Can we get to one like shining light of sports now? I mean, we shining talk about, light. We talk about all this crap. Yeah, I'm not talking about you though. Okay, go. Okay, after after um, Bubba after Bubba Watson won the Masters, I saw something that I hadn't seen ever in sports. You see four of his friends waiting for him on the tenth green, the second playoff hole. To just you know hug the hell out of him because they love this guy and they they're happy that he won and that's lost in sports now. Um, this is what golf used to be about, you know. And it, it made me think, you know, th- this is what four days of golf is, especially in a major intense competition, surviving the cut for the first two days, making a move in the third round or, or moving day, and choosing a, tra- a strategy to stay in contention on Sunday. Either you play it safe. Or, ho- or or go for the gold, and I don't think that Bubba Watson's ever played for second place, regardless of of his finish or not. He's never had a golf lesson. He's never tried to change a sli- uh, change a swing. He seems to have a very talented form of grip it and rip it. You know, you could say he's like a a poor man's Phil Mickelson now with a green jacket. Uh, the best part about the weekend, though, was when Ben Crane and uh, Ricky Fowler, and I think Hunter Mahan, went up and gave him a big hug after his mom did. The kid's bawling his eyes out. Hunter Mahan? Hunter Mahan? Yeah, because they did this little Golf Boys video. I don't mm-hmm. know if you've seen it yet. But these all yeah. these guys. And, and, and they stuck around for hours. Yeah, and, and, and you would do that. But it's the same thing uh, when you look at these basketball guys and they just or these football guys and they got entourages. They just don't, you just don't call golf as a different sport. It's more... Entourages are not made up of other players, though. Huh? Entourage, uh, entourage is not made up of... Like, LeBron's entourage isn't Kobe... Uh, you know, uh, you ever Paul to, Pierce. You ever been to an All Star game? That's different. What's the They're difference? Getting, that's What's the completely difference? different. What's the difference? If my if my guys hanging with me every All Star game, that's my entourage. So okay, I'm gonna call so, my boys up. I'm gonna call Spivey up. I'm gonna call Donovan up. I'm just like, let's go. We go. We going to. Okay, uh, Spivey played a different sport. That's my entourage. Go. Okay. They all played in the same damn tournament. Okay. So that's why. So that's why it's different. Okay. Almost done. <laughs> okay. So again, this is what golf used to be about. Many men trying to conquer a golf course. Okay, there's one real, um, there's one real uh, obstacle is to conquer the golf course, especially Augusta with all its history. Friendships are made 
unlike other sports, most of the time with competitors. Okay, people do bond together. Like remember, uh, Roy McIlroy and Sergio Garcia both shot 96s in the last round, but they both birdied the same hole and they hugged it out because they were so they, they couldn't overcome this course. It was okay. It was draining. This is what it, golf used to be like before Tiger, and this is what people forget. Mm. Okay, I, I will say one thing, and I'm not I'm not dogging Tiger, I promise. But it was he's a victim of his upbringing with his father and and being a golf machine. I'll bet Tiger would give up. Every major to have four of his friends waiting for him. You are out of your on, mind. On the tenth, you are out of your mind. If he I'm loves not golf that much, have if he loves, if me. he loves golf that much, and it's not about, it's not about him only. Golf Look is at, to win majors and championships. It, it, it wasn't about money with Tiger. He, every, every interview Tiger's talking about is a major, which I don't personally like. When he just say I'm playing for this major or that major, you well, you got to play up until that point to get some type of rhythm. Especially when you choose uh, changing your swing, and Tiger's always changing his swing, and, and we wonder why until he wins, and we say, "Oh, that's why he changed it." But when you can't, that swing doesn't work in majors, the Masters, U.S. Open, British, uh, maybe the PGA. It then then I, I get tired of Tiger making these complaints where my swing wasn't on, or my swing this wasn't that. You don't play. I don't play for my friends because my friends, they they back home. The point. The people I call my friends. No, I don't have to have them hugging up on me after I won okay. or lost. But the point is that people love Bubba Watson because he's a good person and because he just he, happens to play golf. People love Tiger. I like Bubba. He is people a good love Tiger because he's superseded the sport of golf, not because of who he is as a person. And that's and what that's we the big about. difference. Uh, Bubba Watson is. Is the most probably the most loved person definitely now because he actually he actually got over the hump and actually won a, ma- a major probably the most important major of the four, and I'm just saying that with all of this crap that's going on in sports nowadays to see a ki- to see a guy 33 year old ball his eyes out because it meant so much oh, no. to him he's to win a major I, I'm with that I'm with that but it's, it's not he got over the hump. I think everybody in this room is for somebody who gets over the hump. I wish Sergio would win a major. I he's don't. Had his shot. Why not? He's garbage. Since when? He's playing on a PGA All he tour. does is party. He, he you know, he, he makes money and parties. <laughs> if I could win a green jacket, I'd be asleep at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, if you had the day. money, you would. <laughs> yeah, if you had $2 million. Why are we talking about money now? I don't ever bring up money. What is wrong all, with you guys? First of all, congratulations to Bubba Watson. And Absolutely. It's, 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 not, it's not that this is what golf was before before Bubba Watson or before Tiger. You had those guys. You had those superstars. Uh, Ballester, Sergio, uh, not Sergio, but... Uh, Jimenez, uh, you had all these guys. What's the guy just passed away? He's um, Seve Ballesteros. Yes, you, I mean yeah. you had Jack Nicklaus. You had all these guys. Um, but the game has and changed. Friends, yeah. Like look at Jack Gary and uh, Arnold Palmer. They still tee off at the Masters, the ceremonial t- uh, thing. Tiger's yeah. not gonna be doing that because he doesn't have friends. Everybody hates him. Well, Tiger hates himself right now. He hasn't figured out. Okay, but out. that's okay. That's a cop out for all the no, fifteen it, years before where people. That's didn't not like a cop out. That's what I but, think. We going, we going, we we cutting through break. We're not going to break right now. Let's let's keep it going. What do you no, go. go? Yeah, uh, no, that's fine. One of the things I was going to say about Tiger too is he's making it way too hard on himself. He needs to go uh, back and watch the films absolutely. from back in the day and remember what that was like because he's totally forgotten and he's no. doing everything he can do from the outside in and he needs to go from the inside well, out. Well, I've seen a Bubba Watson story and Bubba Watson. Well, you can see see an interview with a guy and you all of a sudden I like that guy because what I thought from the outside was. I don't whether I like him or not. It's just I like golf. But mm. when you when you get an interview with a story, a guy, you're like, I like that guy. And then he happens to win right. one of the biggest um, tournaments. Then you're like, good for him. Now, I'm with you on that. I'm, 
and turn just, around and you find out, you know, he's just a jo- adopted a son and he was wearing white because he was uh, wearing it for a, an organization that had physical disabilities. And, and I know why you money. were white. It was, you know, there was I know why you were white. Why? Because you have a hood on. Go, go, Cindy. Well, I just think <laughs> he brings relatability. <laughs> Tiger Woods is up on this pedestal. You watch him. He's this great golfer or whatever. But Bubba brings this relatability that everyone can watch and relate to and it's a different aspect of Absolutely. watching. Absolutely. Your heart gets involved. I like the good guys too. I like well, I especially in this in this um star studded like like you have these stars in, in every sport that just take over the sport like Tiger and Phil. Everybody was pulling for Phil. Until the playoff, and then they're like, hmm, maybe it'd be nice if Bubba won this, and actually, well, it would actually mean something. Phil's got more money than God. Oh he's, he's, won, he's won three He's won three green jackets. Four this, will be better. Yeah, but Bubba, Bubba ask you know me, what? Ask me. No, I don't go. Tell me what I don't know. Well, put it this way. If Phil didn't triple two holes, right. he wouldn't won by four strokes. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. And, and, and if Ustahus and Flusen uh, <laughs> didn't double eagle three, he wouldn't have been in contention. So, like, these so little between things, those that's, two three guys holes, that was that's three holes that happened that changed the whole mask of the top four, of the top uh, three to five players well, in, and in this, this final And round. this is why you play four days, if you can make that cut. Because right. Phil was nowhere in sight. He put up a 74. Yeah, and then he went 68. That's That was huge. He buried 18 three days back. in a row. Yeah. Right. That's why you uh, play four days if you right. can make that cut. And Phil comes back. He's that guy. When you're familiar with a course like Phil is, a guy who's won three masters over there, I'm pulling for him to win four because I want him to be in that class with a Jack Nicholas and a uh, Tiger Woods. I think he already is. I, yeah. yeah, but with four masters. I, he is in that class. When you mention those guys, eventually you in a, later on in that conversation, you're going to mention Phil Mickelson. Mm-hmm. But i like to see him get four. Now, not that I want to see Bubba win one. And even in that playoff and those two guys were dueling and out, I, I thought, you know, I was hoping whoever won, I thought it would be great because you had a South African guy where mm-hmm. there was only two South Africans uh, uh that won it previously, um, and then you got Bubba Watson, and like I said, I just saw a story with him on the Faraday Show, and I thought this guy, this guy, well, he's, just, he's just a good Southern boy, dude. Yeah, it's a lot of good just, guys up like that. It can't, you can't right. make those. That but four he's days. the one that won, so that's right. So that's right. why, and he went to Georgia, and, went to and, Georgia. and one of the guys at Augusta went to Georgia, like the head guy at, at uh, Augusta Club went to Georgia. Like it was, it was you know a, a fairy tale ending for for him, which right. was good. I was, uh, I mean, the master. Played out exactly how it was supposed to. Regardless of who we like and we thought we wanted to win, Bubba Watson was the winner, and he came through with some uh, terrific shots. Phenomenal that, shots. Yeah, that that, was, yeah. That, yeah. I mean, coming out of the woods and all that. Phil, Mich- Phil Mickelson shots. Right. He yeah. got imagination like that too because he well, don't he doesn't waver from his four rounds of golf. He's gonna hit his shots, and he stated that I had to learn how to get a punch shot because my adrenaline is so high that I hit the ball over the greens and over my target, right. which was. You know, he was planning so he for this day. he studied himself. Yeah, he was yeah. planning for this day. So yeah. w- when you were saying about Tiger, do you think that it, he needs to watch? Well, he, he's, his swing has changed 19 times He needs to go back to old school. He yeah. needs to go back to you know when he I was thought. winning. Yeah, yeah. He needs to get back to that feeling of what he had when he was winning because well, he's forgotten Because I think he's got like. over that uh, that his personal drama. I think he's pretty much over that. I don't like when Tiger Woods drop clubs and kick clubs. I don't like that because in golf, it's, I don't really see it in the He's the only one that does it. It's yeah. not professional. He's not the only one. He's not the only no. one. No, he's not. See, you you like who you like, so you make a, a huge point on that. And then you the say... blinders come yeah, out. Right. Yeah, you, oh, okay. You're supposed to be biased I'm just a racehorse. I just got those blinders on. Absolutely. <clears throat> you're supposed to be biased to all this. I mean, we all have our favorites. We all have our favorites, but I mean... 
it, it's good. It's a good argument. It's you, good debate. So somebody really will follow through the swing and just let the club yeah. go? And you know what? Over and over a lot and of over guys, again. I, you can I, do it once in a while. Golf's really frustrating, okay? But Tiger dropped the club on 16 and I don't like it. I'm it. with you. I'm, I, I think like, how old are you? As he's uh, 36. Huh? I don't think there's any room for that in golf. I think you can't, especially at the Masters. Playing, it doesn't make look at where you're playing. And look you at know, yeah, and look, I mean, and yeah. exactly. And look at the fans, the, the people that's coming out to watch you play. Right. A lot of people picked up golf because of Tiger, and I was one of them. But now, I play golf with this guy, Frank Sanders. I say you watch too much TV. He hits the ball and throws his club back on the ground. I said, when do you start doing that? I said, I don't see that one place, and I was Tiger. And how does that help your yeah, game? Well, he, yeah, he he <laughs> it, it, he throws the club down hard, like from his backswing. I'm like. You watch too much TV. It's like a Kodak one, moment, one, nothing more. One last thing about Tiger, though, watching his stuff, he may have taken care of his personal life with his wife and the and the the uh, kids and the affairs and everything, but he's lost every single person that was close to him in '97 with his golf game. He has got rid of all of them. Yeah. So Hank Haney, I would, I would Hank have Haney. Well, oh, because he's won nine majors in four years, and, like, would, and was, that's if, some. You I mean you can outgrow people? Don't mean you get rid of them. Why would get, you change it if it's not broken? By get rid of people, that don't mean they you they out of your life. They just not on my bag anymore. He was bored, so he changed his swing, okay. and now he's biting it. When I went to college, I had friends. When I left college, I didn't have friends. When I got here, I had friends. Now that I'm done playing, I don't have friends. I changed a lot of things. I'm about to change one right now. It's called evolution. It's called, it's called <laughs> She's here. That's not nice. Wait till you're Talk off the like air. Talk like that in front of me. Wait Jeez. till you're off the air. Let's get down and dirty let's with you. Let's how, take how this out in the parking lot. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's get, yeah, let's get down and dirty with Deborah. All right. So we're going to do a quick review of where we were over the last several weeks of uh, looking at the clear edge assessment. And uh, what we talked about is that, you know, the first step is, in, in building a player is you've got to be able to figure out where are you, where do you want to go, and what's getting in your way. And the essential part of this to be able to maximize your talent is you need to, and to get more of what you want, you need to be able to recognize and minimize the plateaus, the errors, and the setbacks. So at Clear Edge, we do not tolerate a ho-hum performance, nor do my players, or bad days, because you can't afford to have a, play, a bad day. You can have a bad play, but not a bad day. You've got to be able to stop the string of struggles and be able to uh, play at your competitive best, push yourself through to greatness and create a flow that's consistent. So by doing the assessment, we start to create a baseline in order for us to know, like I said before, where are you, where do you want to go, and what's getting in your way. We talked about your strengths and your stressors, about what are your performance goals and how you need to be specific and exact on what those goals are, and also looking at your mental and emotional strength conditioning goals to be aware of when are you in the zone? So you can build a routine of when you're in the zone so you can remember it and repeat it in other areas of your performance as well. But also to be aware of when are you in fear? When are you nervous? Whether you're in stress and frustration because too often what I see in players is they touch and run. They touch that fear, that nervousness, whatever, and then they run. They either try to bury it, push it down, or somehow ignore it or make excuses for it rather than to be able to examine it and observe it so that we can change it. We also talked about physical conditioning and how in the mental and emotional aspect of the game uh, it so greatly affects your uh, physical conditioning. And these uh, areas are sports-specific and posi uh, position-specific, easy to say. Um, such as speed, strength, flexibility, explosiveness, accuracy, and a lot more. Um, 
when I look at golf, you know, an explosiveness in golf is a lot different than, you know, being explosive as a football player or flexibility and strength is going to be different with a wide receiver than it is with a defensive end. So we examine all of that. Today, what I want to add to in the last part of the assessment that I go through with players is your behaviors and your routines. Behaviors meaning your actions, routine meaning your habits, those repeatable actions that you take. And you need to be able to examine those without judgment. Because what happens when we have an action, we have a habit, it's simply a response to an experience. And we need to understand what those responses are so that we can either uh, take them and leverage them or we can get rid of them. Behaviors and routines are extremely telling. What we look at is what do you do in a poor performance and then also what do you do in a great performance. So for either one of those areas, you need to answer these questions. One is, what's your immediate response, say, to a poor performance? You know, how do you feel, what do you say, and how do you behave? And then also be able to do that for a great performance. So if you're looking at a great performance, when you can answer those questions of knowing how you feel, what you do, and how you behave, and what you say is you need to be able to expand it and optimize it. When you're looking at a poor performance and you get your answers, you need to understand what is that costing you? What is that poor performance and your immediate response to it costing you? We look at both your immediate response and your delayed response. These areas come up. Uh, some guys will look at it and say, well, you know what? I can will myself through a game. I've got enough strength and talent and whatever. This stuff comes up. I'll just will myself through. And that's true. Some of them can. The problem is what happens when you get back to the hotel room or on the bus or on the plane or home? Because what happens with a lot of players, the cost is now they have guilt, they have shame, they have this feeling of I've let my team down and it'll show up in other places on their life. So what I ask is that you simply get raw and real and get very honest with yourself as you look at these areas. Areas such as, you know, how do you practice? Where, you know, what are your pregame and your warm-up? What do you do in the locker room and on the sideline, your pre-shot routines? As well as, you know, what do you do when you leave the field or the area of play? You know, I've got a defensive player I've talked about before. One of his routines that we discovered going through this process was that when he was going through practice, um, between his second and third round of practice, his knee would always start hurting. We realized that was just a routine. His knee was actually fine, but he had built himself a routine that it was supposed to hurt at that point, and it did. Once he realized it, he could change it. Now he had power over it. He became the boss of him and his body. Or a golf shot where even the post-shot routine where I had a golfer that he said every time he made a bad shot, once he stepped back and could observe without judging himself, is that he would automatically go over, slam his club in his bag, say another bunch of things that were very derogatory towards himself, and then he would go huffing and puffing off down the course and realize that at that point he had just changed not only his behavior, his mental attitude, he'd changed his rhythm, and his tension in his body, so the opportunity to make a next good shot was pretty much blown. It's good stuff. It's down and dirty with Deborah. It's, you know, I think, um, um, actually, the mind. The mind is one of the most powerful things uh, mm -hmm. you can use in sport. I think it's good to have a routine, but not to the point where it hinders you. Uh, Absolutely. Like, like you mentioned, you know, in the third quarter, my knees should be hurting right now because mm -hmm. everything I go through, I know at this point it should be hurting. But if you tell you, if you tell, put everything in you and say I need to finish this uh, third and fourth quarter where mm -hmm. I don't. There's no pain. So you're thinking about the knee hurting. You t you're taking away from the other thoughts you have, as far as uh, what you need to get accomplished, and as far right. as your position, mm -hmm. skill specifics. Uh, but in in the mind, I watch this happen a lot of times in golf when uh, guys just 
rant and rave and curse and say they can't hit this shot or this is a tough shot. Right. Um, and and I always say this is an easy shot. I've been bad so long that I've always had these shots mm-hmm. uh, behind trees and I can get out of them. So I, it doesn't bother me when I get behind. Sh- uh, there's no negative feeling connotations behind it right. if I'm behind a tree. Mm-hmm. I, I know what I'm supposed to do. If I can't get there, you know, you, you tell yourself, get out. Think about this. There's no caddy in the world that would do those things that you say to yourself will call you, you idiot, you this, you that, That's right. and all this crazy thing. So you got a caddy for yourself for the most part. If you're a golfer, caddy for yourself. There's no caddy that you would hire that would say those things about you. Not even your good friend. Right. Because if you do hire your good friend, he's there for that comfort level. So right. everything's around you. You can feel good. Right. Not to... Well, it's the same thing I say whenever uh, I'm talking to a player, and I say, "Have you got kids?" And they go, "Yeah." I said, "What would you do if some kid came up and started bullying your kids, started calling them names and all sorts of stuff?" And they said, "Well, I'd, you know, there would be a problem. I, 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 there would be a problem." Right. And I said, "Then why are you doing that to yourself? Yeah. Do you not care about yourself as much as you would think you know, about your that child? feeling, like from head to toe, mm-hmm. when you when you, like you about to, for example, like you said, mm-hmm. someone's talking to your kids. Think about that feeling you just get over your body. That's right. Then that's the same thing. You can't play in any sport at a high level like that. Absolutely. Not with the confidence and fluidness you need when you got that those negative feelings in your body. You can't and, do it. Yeah, and I agree with you, too, when you talked about the routine, the fact that a routine has to be automatic. It has to be an instinctual routine. We may have to teach ourselves the routine, but the routine needs to be uh, instantaneous and automatic, not something you think about. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and a lot of guys, a lot of guys do that. That's another thing you said. But uh, early and um, and I should have been writing notes. It looked like Cindy was writing notes. I don't know. But <laughs> I always write notes. There's a recording. <laughs> <laughs> so this um, this is the end of the segment right here. Uh, mm-hmm. But this can be on Clear Edge. Your yeah. ClearEdge.com. Yes, or you can call me. You know, if you want to work through this for yourself, uh, whether you're a weekend warrior or you're uh, a pro. Or anywhere in between, just call me, you know, 480-212-1909 or hit me up on uh, yourclearedge.com. And and not that you're on this show um, that I'm saying this, but it, and having listening to all of them, I think it's good stuff. I think, uh, and I was I was dead serious, It's somehow you have to be able to get involved with the, um, uh, there's definitely some stuff I want you to do for mm-hmm. what I'm doing, but you have to get involved with not just the players, but the coaches too, because the coaches need some of this stuff. Well, and even like I said, I was uh, working with uh, Andy and his caddy when I was over at the Northern Trust inside the ropes. Was teaching the caddy how he could work better with Andy Walker in order for him to play at a higher level. Because the caddy is a huge part. I mean, we mm-hmm. look the cameras on that guy hitting the ball and and, and walking around the greens and, and doing all this. But the caddy has already assessed all this stuff and That's just right. and, and he's there for the the uh, confident level. And it say, could be by saying the right thing or not saying anything at all and just holding that energy. And the caddy's the one person that he does communicate with, that the golfer does communicate with, out of everyone on the course, he's the only one that interacts. So exactly. he's the only one that can talk him down, talk him right. up, do whatever. Right. So he has to be that boy. With me, yeah. would be a rude official. Can I move my ball from here? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Am but, I allowed to drop that three times? Yeah. But no, that's definitely serious. Because you can get this, uh, you can get these uh, four segments, these segments on the on the web page, uh, and as well. But as you can get it on Voice America, or you know, like I say, you can call me. We can chat about it, but. Yeah, you can definitely get the information through me. You should um, cut these up and splice them and put them on the web page. Splice them and dice them. I can do that. Yeah, I will take this segment. Something in my throat. I'm about to choke. We were, yeah, I was doing that. <laughs> I need to get a hold of my VA again with all the travels. I've got an area that uh, I was putting them out on Facebook, and you could just hit the link and go to my website and listen to this section. Okay. The, the down and dirty with Deborah? Correct. So that's good. That's uh-huh. good. That's where, um, hold on. 
I'll carry the show because Kwame is just coughing his brains out, which is only going to take a second or two. So. Alex left a bad vibe in, uh, in the air when he left. But there's perm stuff he got in his hair. That spray. Oh, is that it, Chase? <coughs> that moose. Mm-hmm. I think Alex is always sick. I'm good now. Okay. I'm crying. I don't know what got in my throat. It might have been a bug. We don't want any bugs. <coughs> no. You eat bugs if uh, I'm good. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, well, no, that was that was down and dirty with Deborah, and that's good. That's good stuff. Uh, yeah, I definitely would like to, uh, you know, see segments of that on it. Mm. Like, cut them up and put them on the website. Why not? Exactly. <coughs> exactly. Because you because yeah. you get more followers. Well, you can even go back and listen to uh, one of the first segments I did when Kwame and I first met is up on my website. Just go to my homepage and click on it. And there's about 45 minutes worth one. of talking. Is that the first one where you told me you need to sit down and talk to me? Yeah, I told That's you that. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, it's on tape. I didn't cut that part out. I left it up there. Because I got excited. Cause the, well, there's a little the bit of change in voice, tempo, and uh, and uh, fluctuation as well. So. Which means I've gotten better. You, you, it's, you it's, mean well, you know hit, it's mean I hit home. It meant I hit home with well, the question you, I asked. When you're around uh, a lot of people, when you're around certain people for a certain amount of time, mm-hmm. a significant amount of time, you do pick up on uh, their qualities, whether they be good or bad, or you do hear what they say, and you... you Add them, you implement them into your life, and it changes sometimes. Absolutely. And one of the things that I look at, and again, because I do so much work over the phone or over Skype, is I'm always listening to tone of voice. Um, and not necessarily, um, somebody could be screaming, and if that's their method of talking, that's okay. But if that tone of voice changes, I know I've just hit something. Something we need to talk a little bit further about. It'll be tough trying to uh, diagnose me. I don't care how good you, you are. You think? <laughs> Where do you that's start? Why, that's why I've never been able to pin you down to talk to you because you really don't believe that that's true. Because I, I got a gift and a curse. I can, like, block you out in a minute. Uh-huh. It's like, that's not a good thing, but sometimes it is good. <clears throat> so keep, I think it's a, Keep telling yourself that. <laughs> it's a gift and a curse there. Uh, uh, but, I, you know, I do go to the website from time to time and see what's going on. Because uh-huh. I wanted to know what was going on in Houston. What, what part of the show, what part of the... Uh, did you did it? Did you do? Any well, when I was in Dallas, I, I know was, Dallas was. Yeah, Dallas. I was on a radio show there, and uh, and we actually talked about Lamar Odom a little little bit. Oh, this guy! And, you know, yeah, what was get, going on there? Yeah. But yeah, that's a sad reality situation. Mm-hmm. It's the reality show stuff. He, well, and we look at his. That? And you look at his. No, I don't. I think they still filming. Yeah, they're still filming. Kardashians. Oh well, I'm talking about he and Chloe. They have a show. Yeah, he quit Lamar. He quit it. Yeah. But you look at some of his background and stuff, too. I mean, uh, what's going on with his dad, which his dad has got some problems. His mm-hmm. mom has passed away. Um, so it, it could be, and I can't diagnose without you know talking to somebody, and I don't diagnose anyway because I'm not medical. Um, I'm but, medical. But talking. Medicable. <laughs> <laughs> we're not talking about what you take. We're oh. talking about what you've learned. <laughs> but he's... Uh, you know, when he left the Lakers, I mean, that was like family. It, it, so you it, take somebody and you pull them out of your family and you say, go here and now perform better, and we're taking all your security blankets away. It can definitely have an effect. Yeah, I agree. A high percentage of that um, kind of destroyed him because you took him out of his family. Sometimes right. you want to be out of your family. But and you actually <coughs> kicked him out. You didn't even yeah. say, hey, let me help you pack up and let's be nice about this. And, and we're going to make a move. It's going to be good for you. It's just like, <laughs> got to go. I, I, and I thought him, he going to Dallas was a good that was a good team. They just yeah. come up. He had just got the six man of the year award. He just won a six man of the year award with the Los Angeles Lakers. But he was comfortable in LA. They've won championships okay. together or just winning a lot together um, changes people, changes a lot of things. But he had just got the six man and he went to Dallas where Jason Terry was over there who should have got the six man in my opinion. But he's going to a team who just won the world championship. So I thought 
even if he came off the bench or they implement him in the starting lineup, I thought he would do well there. There would well, not be a had, difference. He had opportunities to do well, and until he d- could change his perspective, which obviously he didn't from do. From L.A. to Dallas. From L.A. to Dallas, and what was he going to do? And then you've got Chloe out there, and she wasn't liking being away from her family yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So now you've got the home front. It's not See, as happy as it'd like to be. You're right. Right. I got a problem with that when an athlete who's in a relationship or and they're in that relationship for a reason. They got to that uh, to take care of everybody, but when that person like Chloe uh, to Lamar saying, "I don't want to be in Dallas. I want to be home," you get now you're pulling him away from part right. of his doing his job. Right now, there's a separation <clears throat> internally. There's a separation within both of them because she was away from where she wanted to be. He was away from where he wanted to be, and together they weren't happy with well, where they nobody. were. So she's nobody. Into by, by, nobody. I mean, she's nobody. Well, where's the skill? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like her yeah. and uh, Kim. Um, and uh, there was a poll that came out last week. It was like the most overrated celebrity. And for what? What Paris Hilton used to be that girl, that person. Uh, for right. what, what and did, where's Paris Hilton now? She's yeah. at number 10. Yeah. She used to be number, number one. Uh, <laughs> do you know the whole list? I know, I know, I know one through 10. And, I what's, know your, one and what's, your, what's your dog's name? No. <laughs> I don't know. But I, know but, but I do look at these people and I right. say, because I don't watch reality shows. Uh, let me take that back, because the Celebrity Apprentices is a reality Ooh. show, and that I saw it last week, and I think I'm back to watching that, because yeah. I saw the first one when Kwame you was up there. You should be on that. I should be. Celebrity. That's going to keep me from being on it. Uh. <laughs> and then they already had a Kwame on the show, so that might change a lot of things. But I don't I don't watch reality show. I think people who watch reality show, and this is my opinion, mm. don't have anything to do with their lives. They, they want to be in other people's business. And then here's well, it's what they do. It's easier to criticize somebody else rather than to do something with your right. own life. And Deb, mm. here's, what, here's what happened. They'll watch the reality show. Then they go straight to the Internet to see the backstory of it. Right. That is, that's crazy to me. Right. Like, yeah. unless your life is that perfect or you can fix that, you got time to watch somebody else's life. Right. And they do it on TV. And, and the networks have... Now all moving to reality shows because it's cheaper to produce. It's cheaper to oh, yeah. make. Have people show up and do stupid things. Yeah, do and stupid things. Put, and, yeah, and film it. And they do. They actually mm. audition these people knowing that they're going to do stupid things. Oh, like the Atlanta, Atlanta Housewives. They know these girls going to say something stupid. So they put them on. Oh, or any. Well, look at even uh, the golf show. The What was it? Um, Big Break. Big Break. Yep. Yeah. I mean, when I heard about some of the things going on behind the scenes mm-hmm. with that. And I mean, how they're playing each other against each other. Right. and um uh, you know the the days were so long that I mean there was only a couple hours sleep every night. You now what about that re, um, survival show? That's they they plot mm-hmm. and plan against each other all the time. For mm-hmm. one one day we're friends, and the next day you're trying to get me thrown off the show because right. I might be the strong link that can get you off the show. Right. It, it, kind of like fo- kind of like football. It's kind of <laughs> like football. Yeah. But <laughs> Seriously, it, it is, and, I, and that's what I don't. That's the politics. Yeah. yeah. I like politics and sports, but that, the one thing I don't like about them. They all go together. It, yeah. you, you can't do one without the other. Why does uh, Barack Obama need to be highlighted or or um, televised picking an NCAA championship? Right. It, that, that does nothing for me. Right. With football, okay. And then it's a story the whole way through. It, well, it gains him some popularity, but it doesn't help save the country. I, I, I know you know basketball. Okay, I know you know that. Fill out your bracket like everybody else did and let that be what it is. And then mm-hmm. at the end of the uh, tournament, you know, we'll find out. If you how well you did right now we got a country we got to fix uh you know they they put so much on Barack destroying the country but I thought the country was uh, destroyed it was pretty well broken before he got I thought it. it was destroyed I mean it depends on who you like you you Republican Democrat mm-hmm. conservative or or conservative government which are nothing but common um, I'm for whoever can get it right who can get it right yeah I'm for who can get this country right and um, 
it was funny to me. People always think they know my um, my 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 politics. They mm. think they know what I am, a Democrat or Republican. But it's good and, to put a label on somebody. But it's funny though. It's funny they they say, "Oh, well, I'm agree with this." I say, "How do you know?" And I get in this conversation. Mm-hmm. Well, how would you know what I agree? I'm for who's going to fix this country, and I got a lot of. I want to. They're not friends. I got a lot of idiotic people who think they. When you make a certain amount of money, mm-hmm. you're supposed to be this. You're supposed right. to be this, and, and it's crazy to me. But this country was destroyed. Uh, before Barack Obama got to it. Absolutely. There's not a president that wasn't assigned to be president. There's no election. This country was destroyed when we had that we let the the Supreme right. Court, the Supreme Court uh say we're not going to recount in Florida. That's when the country was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Now, well, look at how much has been thrown on his plate since he went into election right. or went into uh, uh nah, not, presidency. That, yeah. I, but that's what I like, sports and politics and and I don't get anything out of Barack doing a uh NCAA bracket. Mm-hmm. I just like to have some politicians that could go into a room and talk with a Everybody. with only an agenda of how are we going to make this work, and rather than their personal agenda. And come together. These guys good have lunch that. together. Mm. <clears throat> What'd you say, Cindy? I said good luck with that. Yeah, I know. But it's funny because they everybody wants to control the House, the Republican, Dem- Democrat, with these same guys that have lunch together. Mm. It's interesting. Hey, this is where the uh, Kwame Lodge Sports Talk Show going. Uh, it'll take you. It'll take you to politics. <laughs> it'll take <laughs> you around the world. <laughs> no, nah, that was a good. Uh, Clancy Corner was okay, but down and dirty, down and dirty with Deborah was good. We we get we had everybody back in the studio. Sydney was Hooray off spring spring training, and the season the opening day was uh, what it was. I didn't really feel like the opening day. Oh, that, was, that was Cindy's it's birthday. Sunday was yeah. yeah. And the D-backs gave me a comeback win. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Big time. D-backs and Kirk Gibson. I think they're gonna do. Uh, I think they're gonna. Good. Yeah. yeah. He is. Yeah. I thought they did well last year. I think mm-hmm. this is year. Take another step. Don't be that same team you were last year. Right. Although it was good. But you now, now you, you got something to build on. So now go you got to the next level. On. Now it's time World Series. Hey, Kwame Lodge Sports Talk down and dirty with Deborah Clancy's corner. We got Cindy. Let's get in the studio. We see you guys. Check out the fan page. Go to yourclearedge.com. Uh, get into the segment. Give Deborah a call. Uh, you can check out the fan page on Facebook, and we'll talk to you later. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.